Welcome to the Perfume Room. Today is part two of my incredible conversation with the illustrious perfumer and Eccentric Molecules creator, Geza Shun. But before we get there, let me tell you what I'm wearing today. My scent of the day is the recently discontinued Serge Luton Miel de Bois. I say recently because allegedly, if you remember from that Paris solo episode that I did, my mother of all people purchased the last ever bottle in production of this fragrance, or so we were told by the salespeople in the store in Paris. Miel de Bois would suit the palate of a honey lover and a honey novice alike. It is such a honey dominant scent, and yet there are these beautiful sort of woody and floral nuances that are sort of additive and directional, but don't detract from this feeling like honey. This scent feels like golden hour in late August or early September. There's this real feeling of summer and of flowers and sunshine, but at the same time, it's sort of dry and sweet and hay-like, kind of like that quality of early fall air. It's a scent that I would wear if I was picking up a pumpkin spice latte, maybe doing a little apple picking, maybe going to a vineyard or a brewery on a Sunday, maybe even telling some stories around a fire pit. But do not get it twisted. This is not your Christian girl autumn scent. Look up the meme if you don't know what I'm talking about. This scent is raunchy, okay? Now there's no jasmine listed, but there is a hint of like this sweet indolic jasmine that peeks out in this fragrance that I just love. And there's something in here, I'm gonna say it, what's my favorite word? There is something in here that goes a little bit pissy. And in this fragrance, when I say pissy, okay, I mean like pissy in the sense that had this been the scent that Gwyneth Paltrow released for her ever humble 2020 launch, this smells like my vagina, I would believe. And this is from somebody who loves this scent, and I actually think it's still so cozy, warm, and bright. There's just that hint, that little hint of something Uranus that you should know about if you're going to get a bottle of it. So who are Miel de Bois' cousins? Well, if you like this idea of this sort of like hay, floral, golden hour feel, but you want a little less raunchy, a little more grassy, try Vouloir être ailleurs, CJ, from D'Orsay. If you want something that feels a little bit more sweet and a little bit more mainstream and a little bit less pissy, try Moringa from The Body Shop. That has sort of like that same sort of sweet honeyed mimosa feel. If you want something that leans a little bit more into the flowers and the indoles, try Melody de la Mort from Ducida. And if you like this idea of this sort of like golden honey warm scent, try Bois Lumière from Anatole Breton for something that feels similar to this, but goes a little bit more beeswaxy and a little bit more cedary. But I would put all of these on that same family tree. Which, by the way, as I'm speaking, this is making me really want to do a honey theme for Smell Club. Let me know if you would be interested in that as a theme. We can make it happen. And by the way, now is as good a time as ever to tell you that tickets for September Smell Club are officially on sale. If you don't know, the theme is Sheep Fragrances, and I will link the registration to sign up for Smell Club for the month of September in the notes of this episode. And now let's get to our guest. Here's part two of my conversation with Geza Shun. I think I enjoy way more if somebody wears the right fragrance and it really gives something to their character. Yeah. Um, that's great, especially if people know what to wear and how sort of what, what they choose. Um, um, I do wear fragrances sometimes. I wear um, simple stuff like 
M plus ginger I would wear. To me, that's perfect once it's warm outside and, you know, I maybe even hadn't had a wash, but I can spritz some M plus ginger on, feel fresh and, you know, cover, cover odors. <laughs> it's a cheat shower. There you go. I like to wear uh, my version for Renegades, which is a fragrance I have done lots of years before with um, Mark Buxton and Bertrand de Chauffour, two mm. other niche perfumers. Um, we created a brand called Renegades. That is a full-on pink pepper fragrance. That's um, another that, note that is in a lot of your formulas, I will absolutely say. Absolutely. Can't say no. Um, but I also have a collection of um, deodorant sticks I use on a daily basis, which are all classics. So I would always have like in the classic Aramis, I would have an Anteos, I would have probably a Dracanoir and cool water for sports, you know, very simple. I, I do tend to look into my deodorant stick collection sometimes. That's it. Well, okay. So going back a little bit, because a lot of these deodorant sticks are obviously fragrances. I know, or I read that you started collecting fragrances as a teenager. When did, when did your love of fragrance first begin and what were you wearing as a teenager? The very first fragrance I was really impressed by was from Balmain. Um, it was a men's fragrance called Eben, Eben de Balmain, um, which also was probably one of the the first samples I had received uh, when I wrote postcards to the depots in Germany of these fragrance houses. And it had a cool, I mean, it was a great smell. I, I haven't smelled it in years, so I can't even describe it to you other than it was very fresh and it had sort of leathery herbal aspects I was very fond of. But it had this amazing packaging. It was white, it was like a white cardboard. And then it had a black, a copper metallic and another black stripe on it. Hmm. Almost like you ripped it open and underneath came out these colors on this white packaging. It looked really crazy. Um, that was, I was very impressed by that. Then later I remember stuff like um, Fahrenheit in 88. I mean, mm -hmm. I was already then 18 years old. Um, that was very cool. I bought a little bottle, which I could afford, the 30 mil. I also had bought uh, once a bottle of cool water Indeed, um, again, 88 that came out. Um, but I, I always, I mean, for example, there was lots of women's fragrances I liked on either my girlfriends or the mothers of my girlfriends. Um, I remember Alliage from Estelode mm -hmm. was one of my absolute favorites. It's not particularly feminine, but it was marketed as a feminine sports outdoor fragrance, if you like. Mm -hmm. I was always a big fan of... Um, Chanel 19, clearly, big iris note. I was going to say, um, there's some inspiration there. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, what else? Anaïs Anaïs from uh, Cacharel, another mm -hmm. great all-time classic. Giorgio, Beverly Hills, would you believe it? I think... That's interesting to me that you like that one. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's such a radiant, jasmine floral, woody, powdery, but with moss notes, it was, it was beautiful. I mean, when somebody was wearing that, I really liked mm -hmm. that, even though it was so powerful and knocked your socks off. But mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I was always very fond to see what other brands were doing. One of the first things I was also wearing, Liz Claiborne for Man, mm. mid, mid 80s that came out, I think. And it had cologne in it and I was wearing it, not knowing that it had cologne in it, obviously, because I wasn't in training, but mm -hmm. that's a great fragrance. Um, so, yeah, lots of interesting stuff around back then because every fragrance always had 
something original, unlike today. Mm. And at what point did you realize, like, okay, I enjoy collecting fragrances, smelling fragrances, to this is what I need to do? You mentioned briefly something about postcards. Like, how did you go from collector to perfumer? <laughs> yeah, the, the postcard thing was just in those days when I was a student. And, you know, we, we didn't have any money at home. We couldn't buy lots of products or stuff. That was completely out of the no. And so I discovered that some of the brands advertising in magazines, they had an address written at the bottom. And I just started writing postcards saying, hey, I'm, I'm really interested in your fragrances. Can you send me some samples, please? And they all did. It was like, wow. early, yeah, it was it was early 80s. And these things worked back then. And then also, obviously, months later, I would send the same postcard, maybe different sort of meaning, but they would send me another set of samples. So that just continued. And so I had a huge collection after a while. And I, that was just turned into a hobby of mine. I came home from school and there would be new packets been sent to my home with more samples of whatever fragrances from whatever brand. So that was, that was, that was the entrance. And then I was um, 16. I spent a couple of days at a friend's place of my father's in Wiesbaden near to Frankfurt. And I was with a friend and the guy was staying with, he said to me, listen, next morning there will be a lady coming here she will pick up her post said no problem we're here so the postman delivered boxes for her next day and indeed an hour later the lady came to the door and said had been any packets been delivered so there we stood saying yeah here they are and but she was like you know we were like 16 17 little boys and she was in her late 20s and she was like hey you know what's what's up and so it was became a very odd moment but then we kept you know we started talking and and um she said so what are you what are you up to what would you like to do after school and she was very almost a bit too much and i said well you know i'm i like perfumes and i would love to to go into, into perfumery and she, but she kept telling she kept asking me more stuff and i said at some point why do you why are you so like interested in this whole fragrance thing and then she said my father is the boss of the biggest company in Germany in that field. Did she know this about you already that you had no, been no, collecting? No, no, oh. we've just been talking. We've been talking about oh, wow. fragrances. I said what I like. And then she says, yeah, actually, my father is the boss of, of the company you were referring to. It's completely nice fucking crazy. I mean, yeah. you know, Germany has 83 million people living here. It was out of control that I would meet the daughter of the boss of this company. So what, what happened then was she told me who I needed to get in touch with to obtain more information about becoming a perfumer. And I, I just did that. You know, I sat on the train in my hometown an hour up north and got out and there was this company and I just walked up there and said, can I talk to someone? And they said, do you have a date? Do you have, you know, do you have a... Are you, an appointment. Do, you know, you're coming. And I said, no, no, I just turned up here. And she said, oh, no, but you need to have, you know, you need to have a proper date with us. So we made a date half a year later. I went back in. I then started talking to a perfumer. And then sort of the whole thing grew because what I was able to say was I knew about fragrances. I knew about fine fragrances, even though I was only 16, just by this sort of hobby, just by smelling lots of different fragrances at my home. And mm -hmm. we stayed in touch. We then exchanged more views and fragrances over the next few years. I finished school, made my civil service 
And by the end of my civil service, they called me and said they would consider me for being one of their um, people for the next education a year later. That's amazing. And that's where you that's where you got that desk job that you were talking about, where you were smelling all the, the molecules at Harmon and Reamer? Yes. This is when they test, they, they obviously test you how good you can smell, how much you can describe something with attributes and things people will then understand when you describe a pear smell mm-hmm. with ingredients. Um, yes, that's what happened as well. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, actually, speaking of describing ingredients, that's an amazing story, by the way. That's like, it's just like meant to be. I feel like when these things happen, it's like, okay, someone from above is like, do it. You're on the right path. Um, But you were talking about these olfactive tests and making sure that you can describe fragrances. And one thing that comes up all the time on this podcast is how different synthetics smell. And I thought, why not ask the expert himself, can you tell us, if you go through molecules one through five, how you would describe the smell of each of those molecules? My pleasure, of course. Um, so obviously, IC Super is classified as a woody ingredient. If you were, if you wanted to connect it even closer to an existing particular wood, I think it would go under cedar wood. Mm-hmm. Um, I would then say it's very comforting very warm, very dry, very radiant. It's not sweet. And it has this amazing, maybe like a musky dry effect, which is physical. So no other ingredient does that when you smell Icy Super. It has an, a physical thing next to the actual olfactoric smell. And so that's why it's vibrant. It's like it moves. It's electric almost. Um, It dances. It dances. Even the cell said that. Exactly. Yes. So that is why, yeah, IC Super is, it had to be IC Super to start with the series, very clear. Ambroxan, number two, is clearly the best smelling ingredient from the smell of ambergris. Ambroxan also occurs in a couple of other naturals. For example, clary sage oil has a trace of Amboxan and sort of Sistus oil, which is a very leathery labdanomy component um, from Europe. Um, but Amboxan is by far the best smelling ingredient of all the ambergris ingredients. Um, and it has a mineral freshness and it is a crystalline product. So it's not a liquid. And all crystalline products in comparison to liquid products have a different room radiance. They're very powerful. They last much longer, they're very radiant, so they travel. I'll never forget, um, same cafe in my hometown, when years later, my friend Mark was wearing Amboxan. He came in and I hadn't seen him. He was still like 15 meters at the entrance door. I was inside, I I was smelling it. I could smell him. And then a couple of minutes later, I could see him when he stood in front of me. And I thought, this is crazy. So huge radiance, very Mm -hmm. beautiful, Similar ballpark than Icy Super because both play in like a woody, dry, ambery area. But Amboxan is way more fresh and sort of crisp mineral. Molecule 3 is vetiver acetate, which to me is the best vetiver note there is. It's very refined. Vetiver oil in comparison has lots of more rougher, darker, woodier, almost like slightly burnt, um, 
woody notes which are not appreciated by everyone with um, the acetylization progress of vetiver oil you cut out some of those notes and you obtain them almost like grapefruit grassy top note to the ingredient so vetriol acetate is actually a hybrid it's half natural half chemical if you like because the starting product is vetiver oil vetiver right um so another woody one um Molecule four is Kashmiran, which, sorry, is Javanul. I was at five already. Javanul to me is the most radiant and modern sandwood chemical there is from Givudan. They came up with it. Um, it's unusual because given it's a singular molecule, it has so many aspects in it. And three jump out for me, which is it has all again, like a little grapefruit note. It also has a little rosy aspect and it has this big fat sandalwood note in the dry down. So these three actually gave me um, also the idea for eccentric 04. I love eccentric 04, by the way. I I just, it's one of my favorite eccentrics. It's it's a crazy one if you compare it to the other fragrances we have because it's it was meant to be like a completely different modern but it has this huge grapefruit note and it's so fresh and then rosy and then big fat sandalwood. It's very radiant. So mm -hmm. Javanul was the perfect sandalwood chemical to create that fragrance with. So, and then number five, Kashmiran is again from IFF, um, a very complex woody slash even slightly musky ingredient, which has lots of facets. And one of them is sort of pine, but the better sides of pine, not the, the top notes, more like sort of the resinous, fear notes it has and so when you look back all five are clearly in the woody channel and mm. always have been woody notes to me are the most sophisticated notes we have that's why so far all of them are playing in a similar ballpark let's say there's definitely a, a dna throughout all of the molecule and okay this is a little controversial but we were talking earlier about Baccarat and all the dupes that have come out. And if you look up eccentric molecules on YouTube, for example, there's all these creators who are like, I made my own eccentric molecules because I bought the carrier oil and the, the like what differentiates eccentric molecules, like the molecule collection from someone at home who is doing like some DIY carrier oil, raw molecule concoction. Well, first of all, we're using the best possible quality of IC Super, which comes from IFF. I mean, I've also been a consultant for IFF for the past 20 years, so um, that played in perfectly, no doubt. There are lots of other IC Super qualities in the market, but then they aren't as good. So, yeah, you can buy one of those and then mix it up with your own alcohol, which is probably not as good as the one we're using. So it's right. a bit like, you know, you can, you can go to real sort of top chef who's really good with desserts and he makes the best vanilla ice cream and try that and then try and make your own. It's, you know, it's, it's difficult to compare. Um, so the chemicals we're using, um, including all are the best qualities of what I've known from the market. Um, and obviously we do that. If others feel they want to do it themselves, I'm, I'm happy for them, but I, I'm not really interested. 
Ring, ring. Hello, it's me, Emma, and I've got the perfect activity for your next date night, friend hang, forced fun work outing, whatever you're doing, whomever you're doing it with, here's what you're gonna wanna do. A perfume wine pairing. How good does that sound? Grab some different wines, the corresponding perfumes, and smell and taste away. Wait, corresponding perfumes? What? How? I'll tell you how. With this month's wonderful sponsor of Perfume Room, Kelly and Jones, which is an entire fragrance brand specifically meant to be paired and experienced with your favorite wines and spirits because they're all inspired by the tasting notes and terroir of said wines and spirits. Smelling these notes as you taste them in wine not only enhances the tasting experience, it helps uncomplicate it. That delicious number two pencil note of a great California cab that your Aunt Pam, who went to Napa once 10 years ago, won't stop talking about, you can finally smell it and understand it. There's the Wine Pairing Collection, which features wine's greatest hits like Chardonnay, Riesling, and Cabernet. Then there's the Blends Collection, Five different layering oils inspired all by the primary aromas of the wine wheel. We're talking citrus, we're talking earth, we're talking oat, we're talking fruit, we're talking floral. And of course, the Mezcal collection, inspired by the different terroir in Oaxacan agave fields. Which, might I just add that their newest release, Mezcal Flora, is a pink pepper rose stunner. What I recommend is ordering sample flights of all of these collections, rallying the crew, and having a night. And all of these scents come in a fun little square rollerball size, specifically so that you can sneak them in your purse or pocket should you choose to do this experience in an actual tasting room instead. Kelly and Jones is generously giving Perfume Room listeners an exclusive limited time discount code. Now through October 31st, use the code Perfume Room at checkout on any order placed on kellyandjones.com to get 15% off your purchase. That's Perfume Room at checkout on kellyandjones.com for 15% off any order. Would we ever see um, a molecule two plus line or molecule three? Like, is Isoe Super for you the best base for that the plus collection? It absolutely is. There's absolutely no doubt. I mean, as much as it works with other singular notes, as in obviously the ones uh, we have launched, it also sometimes doesn't work with with single ingredients. Um, so as it had to be next to each other, I couldn't say, oh, well, let's say vanilla doesn't work with Icy Super, therefore I'm going to add patchouli sandalwood and something else and sell it mm-hmm. as vanilla. This we don't do. So the it has to be very linear. It has to be very um, binary. And in this particular part, yes, it's a huge chunk of Icy Super with one other note. Mm-hmm. So... Um, Amboxan, yeah, it could work as well, but then it's you can't use as much Amboxan as I would like to use because Amboxan is a crystal ingredient, so it would reform back into a crystal in a bottle. So once, yeah, you could dissolve it in alcohol and water, but as soon as it gets a bit colder in the bathroom, you know, in winter, the, the crystals mm-hmm. of Amboxan would fall out and recrystal. And that would not be appreciated, I bet. Um, Vetriol acetate couldn't happen because you can't use as much in a fragrance to have it as a carrier. Ifra comes in between. Number four, javanol. Actually, funnily enough, if you were to put that much javanol in a fragrance, 
nothing else would smell next to that. Wow. It would just sit okay. on each other and sort of really suffocate each other. Same like I had to realize um, that I, I couldn't actually use as much Java Null in Eccentric 04 as I wanted just because it didn't work with the transparency of other ingredients. I had to cut it down to, I think, like 3 or 4%. And then it really made sense. But the amounts I was using before didn't make any sense. So Java Null couldn't work. I guess Kashmiran is sort of not that interesting. I think it works in the sense we use it for Eccentric 05 as a different summer fragrance. So the warmth of Kashmiran with all these pine notes, that made sense. But it's it, it it's icy super. I think we'll never do an M two plus, right. or you know. I think no, probably not. And you you mentioned something interesting about the notes that they pair with being somewhat linear. But you also said earlier with iris that uh, with molecule plus iris, it's an accord. So the the notes that you're pairing ISOE super with are all these sort of special accords that you're creating. They're not the raw material as well, right? Yeah, I mean, for example, I mean, if you if you take Isoe Super and next to it Iris Absolute Palida, which is this magnificent, incredibly ridiculous, expensive ingredient we've added with a few mm -hmm. grams, that works as well, but that's a bit bland. It's very, it's a bit naked. So mm -hmm. I used also other Iris ingredients for M plus Iris to form my own Iris base where I feel this represents iris to me exactly this and it also has a little bit a touch of bergamot as an entrance because i wasn't going to use the iris top notes because those ones we have are not too pleasurable you can use them if you have lots of other ingredients in a fragrance as far as i'm concerned but it wouldn't have worked for this also you then cover the beauty up of iris absolute palida which is this incredibly expensive iris quality i wanted still people to smell the iris absolute in it mm -hmm. but it also needed a bit of an entrance so i touched it up with a bit of bergamot oil then comes the iris then comes icy super and also comes some hedione in the fragrance but that's it very very short but everything has purpose and intention is there a time and place for you just because I have to ask on a personal level, for Iris versus Oris. Yeah, I think it's Oris in English originally. That's the translation. Iris is also, it's German. We say Iris. And I mm -hmm. think the French also say Diris. Um, mm -hmm. It's not Oris. You know, sometimes Oris, sometimes it's Iris. As long as it smells good, that's most important. <laughs> but are, are you, you're using the the bulb part of uh, like Iris pallida? That's like the 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 rhizome. Yes, of course. Yeah, that's the natural mm -hmm. product. That's Iris right. absolute is this particular extraction method they've invented to bring out the best smelling ingredients of the rhizome in the most soft and effective way because most other iris absolute qualities are either concretes mm -hmm. or they're sort of sort of butters, which means that they still have the fatty notes mm -hmm. in it, which sometimes or most times isn't the problem, but the iris absolute palida is a liquid. And it's so strong and concentrated that, I mean, just looking at it is such a pleasure because, you know, it's actually more expensive than gold, what I'm using here. So that's kind of exciting. Yeah. And also, yes, to have the freedom 
to use it with a few grams in a fragrance is crazy. It is crazy and it's absolutely magnificent. Okay, so we have one last question before we get to the final segment of the show, which is what is something that's exciting you right now, whether it's with eccentric molecules, perfumery, something you're working on, what are you excited about? Um, I'm, I'll tell you what, most exciting I'm about the fact that school has started again and my daughter joins second grade and that's Congrats. great because it instantly gives a structure, it gives her interesting stuff to do. Uh, we had six weeks of holidays before where we felt it's time that school starts again. Um, so that's, we're both very excited about that. Other than that, I think the world is in a terrible state, uh, which I read and obviously see every day. Um, also in Germany, we're not in a good state. Um, lots of things to worry about, which doesn't sometimes leave me enough room to ponder or to dwell in beautiful things. Let's put it this way. So I've also recently really had a um, sort of not a good phase creating because to be able to create something, I need my head completely free mm -hmm. and come here in the morning, not think about tons of other things. And I have to say that has been, maybe even ever since COVID, has been in a different state than before. It's getting better because I'm getting rid of lots of stuff which I don't really, don't really feel like I need to have to look after. Um, and I'm beginning to calm myself a little more. I'm st I can already see it when I look at ingredients, smell stuff and having have ideas for, uh, you know, like accords and shorter formulas. I, I can see that it's coming back. But um, I've, I've had times when it was easier and it felt more naturally to create. I have mm -hmm. to admit that. I mean, it's interesting hearing you say that. Um, I agree with the state of the world and that it's hard to focus on your creative endeavors, but you have had some amazing launches that have come out even in the last year. So you've you've found ways to get over this creative hump, right? I mean, we just have three new M plus launches. That's right. Oh, look, it's, it's not like I've sort of completely, you know, I surrender and dig my own hole. Um, I get it. <laughs> the, the M pluses were... You know, they, they were more about to identify what actually naturally works really well with ISOE Super and then this one other thing with it. I mean, I've gone through lots of um, trials which were just just rubbish, you know, and even though I was fighting hard and sort of thinking, hey, if I do this, does it work? No, it doesn't. So that's work. Uh, it's lots of trial and error. Um, and then once, you know, I was able, for example, to identify the iris note and then the iris base and then to make that work and make it turn it into a modern fragrance. I mean, that is so pleasurable and so rare that you discover something where you go, this is really so beautiful and mm -hmm. I'm looking forward for more trials tomorrow when I'm back at work. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't happen every day. So with M plus ginger, it was absolute pleasure. Um, M plus black tea was great. I remember um, and so there are moments when the sujet, the, 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 the actual topic itself is so great and the ingredients are so lovely and it just is fun to smell them that this then goes on its own. You know, like it's if you were to interview somebody who, re, you know, you, you really don't like, 
it's way more different than if you sort of click with someone where it feels more natural. It's, it's a bit like that in perfumery sometimes as well. Right, but you got to push through. If you're an artist, you have to take the bad days with the good days, right? And that's half the battle because you only get to the good days by having the bad ones. And then you have these breakthrough moments. Absolutely correct. So it can't always be fantastic. Um, and I, I'm not struggling with it. I, I haven't got a problem with it. I can differentiate and think myself enough into it to understand why this all is. It's just that I would love to see that the world actually in a communal way would find a way out, out of this mess we're in. Um, and that I'm sometimes still struggling with. But then, you know, once you have kids, sort of the world is different again from a different angle again. And that also helps. So that's nice. And is your daughter, uh, are there any sort of perfumes that you feel are like age appropriate for her? Or anything that she's interested in smell wise? Oh, absolutely. She has her own fragrance. Ever since she was four or five, I... Um, made her a fragrance for each birthday. So the fragrance grows. Oh, nice. <laughs> Sorry, that's really touching. I'm just no, the fragrance grows every birthday. She gets, she just got one uh, two weeks ago when her birthday was. And I try and make it sort of a little, a little more grown up as the years now pass by. So I've added a bit more of a fruity note. I thought there's time for that. I added a few more floralcy, a few nice absolutes in the fragrance to make it a bit richer. And also each year um, is the dosage. So last year's fragrance had 6% of dosage. Now it's seven. This is like having a perfumer father is like the most magical thing I could ever imagine because I that's such a special personal gift that's going to build every single year. And she's going to remember this like for her. So what is the hero note? Like what if you had to boil down? Actually, you know what? We'll save this for this final segment, which is a rapid fire scent association game called What's That Smell? And I will throw out different people, places, concepts, whatever. And you tell me the first smell that comes to mind. Are you ready to play What's That Smell? Sure. Mmm, what's that smell? Okay, this is very timely since you're just talking about it. What is the smell of your daughter? Or, or I guess what's the hero note of her, of her fragrance creations thus far? I mean, the smell of my daughter is the smell of her neck hmm. when you snuggle in and there's this hair and the skin. And also, obviously, kids don't have, they don't smell of sweat like we do. Mm -hmm. It's true. So that makes it all different. And obviously, the love for a child coming in as well makes this very special. It's it's hard to describe. I mean, you've, you have had that where you smelled a child, I presume, like, you know, whoever that was and it's this is so hard to describe because it's such a physical thing as well and but that's the best smell in the world and then comes real musk <laughs> then first babies then musk <laughs> the natural the natural progression can you share what the what you would say like the hero note of the fragrance you made for your daughter is sure it's um very simple fragrance most of it is heady own as a carrier mm -hmm. because it's so easy and fresh and flora and transparent and so not complicated. And also Hedion is basically the sympathy enhancer, right? So that's another test which was found out that Hedion um, so enhances the recipient's perception. I, I never heard about this. This is, this is They've really done tests over here where they put foreigners um, in front of each other on a table and there was a tablecloth in the middle and then um, with half of the people the tablecloth wasn't drenched in hedion, and where the other half, hedion was on the on the cloth. So these foreigners, 
I mean, it, it had a ridiculous result whereby whenever Hedion was in the game between them, they all liked each other. <laughs> wow. As where when it wasn't, they weren't so sure about it. So obviously Hedion is a very good and easy to use fragrance for a seven-year-old girl. Um, next to, I think half of it is Hedion. Is, there's some fresh notes in it. There's a bit of lime, um, a bit of bergamot as well. There's some jasmine. There's an, of course, there's an iris note, and I, I've taken the expensive stuff. Um, mm -hmm. A few musks. That's it. Formulas like 10, 12 ingredients. Very simple. Seven percent dosage, of course. Also, did you just come up with the solution to all the world problems? Is Hedy on the answer? Is that what we need to do? Have a big world meeting with a big, damp cloth of Hedion? <laughs> if it would be that easy, wouldn't that be just fantastic? But um, no, that unfortunately works on a very subtle note. And I think mm. people who are after power, I'm sure they, their sense of smell isn't very good. Yeah, it, probably not. But you know what, Hedion, I don't know. I don't know. There could be something there. We can take it to the UN, put a little Hedion in the room and see if the world's problems go away. Okay. What is the smell of Berlin? Ah, the smell of Berlin is very typical Berlin when you come here beginning of June, when all the linden blossoms come out. So Berlin has lots of linden trees and they have this very particular flower, which starts blooming in June. So from the beginning of a very crisp and green, almost like mimosa impression, over the summer it turns into something really heavy and sweet and honeyish and... Mm jasmine almost like a bit much to take. So that is a very typical Berlin smell. Other than that, Berlin smells as shitty and as bad as every other town in the world where you have too many cars, not enough nature, and no more sort of industrial smells as in those days when, you know, they were doing and fabricating things in the city. So this is all out of town and wherever, but not here. So Berlin smells of cars and maybe doner kebab and sort of washing powder oozing out from the cellars of the houses. But mm -hmm. that's about it, I'm afraid. I mean, that's a lot better than what people say when I ask what the smell of New York is, which is undeniably and unequivocally every time piss. So, you know. <laughs> no, we don't have that. But you know what? In Barcelona, I noticed that when I was going through the streets of Barcelona in the morning, um, they smell of piss. That's really disgusting. The fresh piss of the day, you know? That's how you rise and shine. Time to start your day. Okay, what is the smell of your childhood home? Um, my childhood home. It it also brings me then rather into the, the garden situation because my, my grandparents were on the corner. They had um, a garden where they would grow everything. They would have every fruit tree. They would have um, every vegetable there would be rabbits running around and chicken and there was real grass and real raspberries and, you know, vegetable fruit. There was everything in there. So that was really, I think, what was most interesting. I mean, the house of my parents smelled like every other house. You know, they had funny carpets and it smells of the kitchen, of the food my mom was cooking, but nothing more than that, I think. Mm. Beautiful. Okay, and I've noticed that with the eccentric molecules fragrances, they all seem to have a very strong color palette associated with them. So I'll just throw out a color. What to you is the smell of um, hot pink? 
What is the smell of hot pink? Yes. Well, I mean, you've just said it. I would go to um, Eccentric 04 and realize that that sort of Swedish sandalwood balsamic dry down paired with mm-hmm. this pink grapefruit indeed and pink roses would be definitely most closest to how I could describe pink for perfumery, for my understanding. Okay, and what is the smell of love? That I'm really struggling with because, I mean, the smell of love, I would say, is the smell of the partner you love. There is, I couldn't say, oh, the smell of love is patchouli or bergamot or raspberries that would be not right so love smells of the comfort and sort of the family moment you have with your partner and your child that's probably best to be described yeah beautiful okay what is the smell of eccentric molecules if you had to boil it down yeah the smell of eccentric molecules is woody Mm -hmm. clearly and then referring obviously to each molecule we've done according with each eccentric fragrance, which is always the homage to the molecule. Um, and even M plus is based on IC super. So yeah, I think the linearity, the simplicity and is based around woody smells. Mm, okay. And the final and most existential question of all, what is the smell of Geza Shun? <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, of course, I, you know, I, um, I, I wear mostly the fragrances I've done within the eccentric molecules range. Um, problem with that is that so many of my friends have gotten themselves to, you know, they only wear eccentric one or they only wear, you know, eccentric five or molecule three or whatever that is that it's, it becomes so difficult for me to wear this because, I almost connect them to these friends who've been wearing them for 10, 15, nearly 20 years, some of them. Um, but yeah, occasionally I wear more complex fragrances, but rarely. I just don't put on fragrance every day other than a deodorant stick in the morning, for sure. Other than that, I'm very happy to not smell myself the whole time because I'm surrounded by smells and I have to just make, you know, smell my modifications or fragrance ideas and stuff I'm working on that I'm quite glad to not smell of something. It's the same always with, you know, the top chefs when they come home from work. Do you think they're going to start cooking a three dinner meal for themselves? Forget that. It's, it's so it's, um, it's a bit disconnected. And as much as I would say, oh, I'm smelling of iris and orange flower from South France and Davana oil from Egypt with Sicilian bergamot. No, <laughs> it's not like that. <laughs> I, I, I quite like to be smelling of nothing for a break, I'm afraid. I, I get it. That makes perfect sense. And it's sort of like the blank canvas. You're the creator. Geza, it has been an absolute pleasure to chat with you. This has been a very long interview. Usually I wrap it up in an hour, but there is just so much to talk about. So thank you for making the time. I could continue, but I also know you have an evening to get to. Um, where for people, I mean, People who listen to this podcast love Eccentric Molecules. But for people listening who want to shop Eccentric Molecules or want to follow you, where can they do that? 
Um, following is a bit difficult because I'm like such an old guy, you know, who's not, I'm not on Instagram. I have an old okay. Facebook account. I sort of check daily once, but I'm not really, it's become more of like an advertising page over the years. Um, mm -hmm. I don't do Instagram. I don't do Twitter. I have none of the others. Um, there's very little to follow me other than, you know, if I do a podcast with somebody who's as lovely as you or sometimes other people, but I'm not really looking to get out there as an influencer would do or people who like to be present in front of a camera. I'm, I'm pretty much the opposite. I, I don't do that. I love my, my privacy and my, my private life with my friends. So unfortunately, it's like that. So you can't follow Geza, but for people who want to shop Eccentric Molecules. Um... Uh, Lucky Scent, I guess, for the U.S., It would be lucky send. They send out samples for somebody who wants to try before they run into a department store and purchase a big bottle, which I think is fair enough. Um, yeah, for the U.S. market, it's I would recommend that. Wonderful. Geza, thank you so very much. This has been a Hey, pleasure. thanks for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure chatting to you, and uh, I wish you all the best for your future podcasts as well. This podcast was edited by Joe Leonardo. Music is by Max Vernon and illustrations are by Israel Rodriguez.